Welcome back to the Triple Play Performance Podcast. This is Dr. Mike. And we are going to talk about a very important subject. A lot of the world is experiencing the effects of when you don't have this imbalance, uh, you're seeing the ramifications, especially what we're seeing with the pandemic. And what we're talking about today is metabolic flexibility. Not a lot of people know what this actually means and that's why i wanted to do this podcast so actually this is a recording of uh of an interaction that i had with a patient and uh over zoom and we were talking about creating this metabolic flexibility and i'm going over some of the things that um that are going to be outlined in the updated program to the four pillars of weight loss which the new program is called the total slim down. So the whole goal of the total slim down, it sounds like it's about weight loss and it it does talk about weight loss, more so fat loss and fat metabolism. But what we want to do is we want to support longevity to improve metabolic flexibility. That's what the whole program is about. So in this podcast, we are going over it. We're going over all these things, what it means to create metabolic flexibility. So in a nutshell, if you don't have time to go through the rest of it now, in a nutshell, metabolic flexibility is just the ability to go back and forth between different fuel sources uh, for your body, for energy. And, And one of the major fuel sources is glucose. Everybody knows that. And then the other one is being able to metabolize fats for energy. We metabolize proteins fairly efficiently for energy and we metabolize carbohydrates but we have a very difficult problem of metabolizing fats for energy that's why we see so many issues of what we call metabolic inflexibility so a lot of these metabolic diseases like like uh, obesity hypertension diabetes these all have their ties into the metabolic pathways in the body not being utilized properly or pretty much being broken. So that's what we're going to be going over today in this chat that I had with the patient. So uh, take out your notebooks, listen in. And if you got to go back and re-listen to this, do that because this is a very important thing I want you guys to understand. And this is something that is very important for optimal health and longevity. So let's get kicking. So one of the big things that we got to work on now is improving your body's insulin sensitivity. Because um, I mean, this goes for almost every single person that's above the age of about 34, 35. What happens during this time is that our bodies are shifting our physiology to where we don't necessarily handle sugar as well as we should, as we did in our youth. Okay? So what, what happens there is that we tend to actually crave more carbohydrates because our body is becoming less efficient at utilizing it, right? So it's used to having a certain threshold. And if it's not getting into the cells, you're going you're gonna to create a neurological signal to crave more of that. So you're going to increase blood sugar even more, which drives the desensitization to it even further. 
So it's this double-edged sword where you become less sensitive to more sugar and your body craves more and craves more, craves more. So you create this massive divide. Now what happens there is when that blood sugar is not getting into the cells, it stays around in the blood and it becomes actually toxic to the rest of your body. Right? So nerve cells stop, stop working properly. That's why you start seeing your nervous system react even more, right? Anxiety levels, all that kind of stuff. So what happens with all of that is that your body instinctively will drop your blood sugar even more. And that triggers even more anxiety right? is when your blood sugar starts dropping. Um, so the biggest thing that we got to do is recondition your body to um, utilizing less carbohydrates and or I should say, uh, taking in less carbohydrates and you can function off of less and utilizing more fats for energy in your body. Because you got to figure about, I want to say maybe a pound of fat is equal to about 4,500 calories. So that means that per pound of fat, you could actually survive for about two days. But what happens is that our bodies become less efficient at switching over to burning fat for energy. Okay. So what what we got to do is retrain your body. Now, Mm -hmm. the way that we do that is we got to start off by decreasing the amount of carbohydrate intake. So when I was looking at your, uh, your chronometer, a couple days, you had higher levels of carbohydrate intake than, than we should be. So I was looking at, on February 2nd. So on February 2nd, we see that your net carbohydrate intake was about 222 grams of carbohydrates. Right? Mm. So what that means, our, our, our goal is actually going to be about 50 to 60 grams per day. So you okay. overshot that. Now what that means is that yeah. your body then has to produce more insulin. It has to produce more um, or it has to shut down the burning of fat for energy. So the difference between burning fat for energy and burning carbohydrates is like using gasoline to fuel the fire versus using a log to fuel the fire. Like the log can stay on the fire and burn the fire longer versus gasoline. Gasoline is going to do, you know, boom, quick energy explodes. And then there's nothing after that. So that's where we see your blood sugar. Your blood sugar is going to spike and then drop drastically. So you're going you're gonna to have this roller coaster ride on your blood sugar where we, where we actually want to see your energy levels and your blood sugar rise slowly and drop slowly over time. Yeah? So it's, yeah. it's conditioning the body to do that. Now, okay. conditioning your metabolic pathways is the same way that we're going to condition your body you know, that, that you would do to run a marathon. You don't start off with 24.6 miles, right? Mm. We start off with, hey, let's run 100 yards. Then let's run 150. Then let's run half a mile. Then let's run a mile to where the point where the body's conditioned to where we can now run that 24.6 or 24.8 miles. How many miles is that? Okay. So that it starts with reallocating our, um, how much we're doing for our fat intake, how much we're doing for our, our carbohydrate intake. And then what we're going to do is we're going to switch it up, right? So some days we're going to do 
um, less carbohydrate intake, more protein, more fats. And then some days we're going to do um, a carbohydrate reload. Okay. Um, usually what I like to do is we start off where we're decreasing the overall carbohydrate intake. So for you, um, you're at averaging, let's see, you're doing 200, 200. Yeah. You're doing about 200, about 215, 220 grams. So we're going to start off by cutting that in half. So we're just okay. going to go to 110, okay? So that's going to be half of what you intake. Um, so that's the, the beauty of utilizing the chronometer because that'll tell you and show you, right? That'll show you like, hey, look, here's where you're at. Um, here's where you need to be, okay? So we correlate that with your activity levels as, as well, right? So, on, so for example, right? Yeah, the other day, your, your heart rate variability showed that you were lower than your current baseline, right? You're averaging about 60-ish, right? And you dropped down to 47. That tells you, hey, today is a day that I'm not going to be pushing my body further, meaning that a higher intensity workout is not going to be the best thing for me, which also tells you a higher carbohydrate day is not going to be good for me as well. Um, and also, fasting is not going to be a good thing for me today. Oh, wow. That's what it tells you because fasting in and of itself is a stressor on your body because when you fast, your body produces more cortisol so that your blood sugar can kick up. Mm. Okay. Now, the problem is that uh, when you're in states of stress, your body needs higher amounts of carbohydrates. But the problem is that if we push our body too much during that time, we're, we're going to push it beyond its boundaries. So it's like, you know, you, you're able to run half a mile, but you, you, ran out, you, ran, you went on and ran four miles. You know, the thing that we think is beneficial to our body now becomes detrimental. Wow. Okay? So utilizing all this information is going to give us a greater look into what we need to be doing on a daily basis, right? Because we can tell, you know, we can make a whole plan and say, hey, Lockie, here's what you're going to do. You're just going to eat X, Y, Z. But if we don't know what's going on on a daily basis, then we won't be able to actually tailor it to your specific needs currently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, with that said, that, that also means, hey, if you see, like today, your, your HRV went back up. Hey, today's the day I can push my body a little bit more, right? Mm -hmm. So now what you do is you say, okay, well, today's a good day. I have my HRV is higher. I feel better. Um, I can push my workouts a little bit more. I can do more of a high intensity I can, I can stretch my boundaries with my carbohydrate, with my fat intake, my overall caloric consumption. I can push that a little more. Now, what, um, what you see from there is uh, what happens the next day, right? You wake up the next day, you know, and you look at HRV and you're like, ooh, I crashed. I went down to like 40. Then you look back. What did I do yesterday? Hmm, I pushed my body too much. I pushed uh, my my nutrient intake too much. Okay. Now I'm going to back down. 
So you can kind of see where you, you now know your, your parameters of where you can push your body, right? So you say, okay, well, yesterday I did 220, uh, 220 net carbs. Okay, I'm going to push it back down to 110, 120, see how my body does, right? Yeah. So we start putting all of these pieces together to give you your parameters, right, of how we can push your body. Then once we kind of know like, okay, here's my box, right? Here's where I function best. Then we start expanding that, right? Like, okay, um, I did a 20-minute high-intensity workout yesterday. I crashed. You know, next day, mm, let's, let's now do um, maybe a shorter duration or a lower intensity, right? That, because that's what you got to play with is either a higher intensity, shorter duration or longer duration, lower intensity. Because you can't do a long duration, high intensity because you, you just, your body's going to burn out. So you play with yeah. things, right? Okay, maybe I went for a jog, um, but I did it for like four hours. That's too long of a, of a duration. You may be low intensity, but it's too long of a duration. So we cut that back. Maybe we need to do a higher intensity, short duration. Because sometimes we think, you know, our exercise, we got to be like killing ourselves. And it's not necessarily is we want to get into that sweet spot of, of maximum benefit and minimum dosage, right? Yeah. So this is how we're going to do it with that aspect. You know, like you said, yesterday I did a 20-minute high-intensity workout. I crashed today. Okay, I'm going to back it off to uh, a 10-minute high-intensity workout. Or maybe I'm going to do a 10-minute and I'm going to cut back on the intensity. Yeah. You've got to kind of play with it, right? Um, and what we're going to do is uh, um, you're going to be switching back and forth, and I want to see how your body does with that, right? Oh, okay. So what we this is a concept of what we call periodization meaning that you're going to use different periods to shift your body in, into different states of physiology right your, your body is very attention deficit disorder like right oh, it, wow. does, it doesn't like the same thing over and over it just gets wow. bored okay so just like you know if you're if you're speaking on stage, you can't just be monotone, right? You got to keep the crowd engaged. Yeah. Same thing with your body is you got to keep the body engaged. So you always want to be changing it and shifting it. So where it never gets used to, to something because then it, wow. it just tunes out. It just zones out. And, and then you're like, what the heck happened to my body? It's not listening to me. Yeah. Because you lost his attention. Yeah. Is that, is that the, is that like when people, um, they, you know, like say for instance, they top out, like they're, they're losing weight, right? So they're running every day yeah. up a hill and then man, you just you get a plateau improvement. Yep. You have plateau. Is that what happens? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Because so the body always wants to reach a state of homeostasis, right? So if it's like, is why this is the other reason why like high level stress people, they have a difficult time going from a level 10 to a level zero. Because they function and they've been used to, to function at level 10. So even if you drop it to a level seven, that's very difficult for their body to function in because they function the best here. But we know that that's not sustainable. It may be a great place to be as far as productivity wise, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you, you, 
yeah, you know, people can run a marathon and that's great for short-term health, but long-term health is detrimental because you can't sustain that. You're opposed to when people, you know, like those questions are Q and A's and I screenshot so many mm. of those, man, but um, I, I, I reference them, but like, it's a trip how so many people, including me, they think like there's this one type of module, you know what I mean? Yeah. That everybody can go like, you know, like even me, when I, when I first got with you, I'll ask you, what do you eat? You know what yeah. I mean? Hey, what supplements you take? Yeah. You know, cause it's like, if I can get in Dr. Mike's cabinet, I'm going to be straight. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's like, no, nah, that's not the truth. You know what I mean? So it's like, everybody's different, but I always think, man, just tell me what you eat, man. Just tell me what you take. You know? Yeah. Like I want to do, well, how, how often do you work out? Like, okay, I'm going to mimic the same hour, you know? So it's totally different and I'm finding that out. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's you know, what I always talk about with biochemical individuality and, the, and, yeah. and what people also don't understand with biochemical individuality is that those needs change through the different cycles of the year. It changes throughout the day, but more so your ages, right? Yeah. So teenage years into your 20s your lifestyle can be totally different than in your 40s so what we find is that we try to live in our 40s 50s what we did in our 20s and 30s and they never match up they always clash because your physiology has changed you know what i mean it's like we we understand that from a, from a point of, okay, there's a different physiology for a baby and a different physiology for children. But, you know, once you hit adulthood, that all stops. It's like, no, your body is constantly changing. You know, like what you would feed to a baby isn't going to necessarily mesh with a 40-year-old. It's the same thing is we, we got to be shifting um, in, into, you know, our ages. And for humans, we go from, as a baby, higher carbohydrate, higher fat, and then we drop as we age into a lower carbohydrate, higher fat, mediocre protein. That's the way that it should be. But what, what did we do in the 80s is we, you know, we vilified fat. And the vilification of fat, we replaced it with sugar. And then we saw the skyrocketing of obesity and diabetes, you know? So, you know, currently there's still this stigma of, well, I need to eat low fat in order to lose fat. You know, it's like, no, you need to become more efficient at burning fat for energy. Right. So that comes with, um, that comes with retraining your body. And the only way you do that is you limit carbohydrate intake so that your body only can focus on burning fat for energy, you know, and even that in and of itself has been basically bastardized because then people say, well, all you got to do is go on a low carbohydrate diet and stay on that. Well, no, because your body doesn't function like that. You cannot survive off of just being on low carbohydrates because your body's always making your body's major fuel is glucose. So even if you eat fats and, and proteins, your body's always going to be making glucose out of that. So it's retraining your body to make good levels of that. 
Because right? a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to cut out carbohydrates and I'm good. I'm like, yeah, but you still got to control how your blood sugar um, level rises and falls. Because people then gorge on huge amounts of fats, huge amounts of proteins, and that all turns to sugar in your body. Yeah. Why, why, the, why fatigue, though? Because, you know, like in, in like uh, my... Um my experience with every time you like go in like the lower carbs yeah. and stuff like that, how come? Because like, you know, I, I know I'm a, I'm a sugar burner, right? Yeah. You know, right now, but like, how come your body immediately goes to that fatigue? You because know I mean? it's like, because it's the same process of dumping the gasoline on the fire, right? You uh, dump the gasoline on the fire, boom, you get great, great amounts of energy. But then the guy that's supposed to be going over and grabbing logs to sustain that energy, yeah. he's on vacation. Yeah. Damn. So he, you, you dump the fire, you dump the gas in the fire, boom. And then you're looking over there and the guy that's supposed to be grabbing the logs is like just sitting there watching the fire, singing Kumbaya. And you're like, bro, I know, yeah. bro, go get the freaking logs. <laughs> I know, yeah. And you're just like, I don't know. I, I forgot how to do that. That's, wow. that's what it's retraining, right? So it's like, okay, here, we're going to lower the amount of gasoline so that the body doesn't think hey, I have enough energy, right? Because if you have this bonfire growing, you're not going to be over there lighting more fires. You're going to be like, dude, this bonfire is big enough. I don't need any more until it just dies down in an instant. It just drops. Why? Because when you trigger a bonfire level amount of energy in your body, you trigger another response. You call the fire department and the fire department comes in, rushes in and puts that fire out. That's the huge surge of insulin in your body. Wow. So whenever you get huge amounts of you know, sugar fire burning, the body then keeps a reserve of insulin floating around in your body just in case. So now whenever you have insulin around, the guy that's supposed to go and get fat, uh, the fat for energy, the logs, he can't move because they're keeping him at bay. Dang. So what we got to do is we got to tell that insulin, you don't need to be around. We can control the fires ourselves. We're not going to be making these massive bonfires. Hmm. So it tells the, that fire department, we can control ourselves. We don't need insulin around. So now as you do that, as you make smaller fires, smaller fires, yeah, you're going to have less energy because you're so used to that, that, that bonfire level of energy, right? But you're telling the insulin, okay, I can control the amount. Now you don't need to be there. So as you do that, now when insulin starts to drop, now that guy that can go and get the logs for, for the fire can do its job. So it's saying, okay, well, the fire's burning low. Let's go grab one log. So it grabs one log, boom, puts it on. Now it's like, okay, look, hey, the fire may not be as big as it was with the gasoline, but it's sustained. So now this comes into the concept of, okay, you didn't have a meal in the last eight hours. Uh, now you prove to your body that you can go 10 hours. What happens to a lot of people is that they try to shift right into that, right? They're like, okay, I've been eating every like four hours. 
now I'm going to go intermittent fast. The fire drops. So that triggers, an, that triggers another response. That, oh, wow. that triggers the fire makers and saying, holy crap, our fire just died. Okay. Yeah. So to prevent that from the future, what we're going to do is we're going to build an even bigger bonfire. So you build this bigger bonfire and you light that on fire. And what does that do? That triggers the fire department. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is the exact opposite way of what you got to do. You got to prove to, to your body that, okay, I'm not going to let the fire burn to zero. Okay. I know how to keep the fire burning. So then you start expanding like, okay, we went eight hours, we went 10 hours. And then you start building it in where, hey, the fire's still smoldering, but it hasn't gone out and it hasn't exploded. Yeah. You know, because we, we've been such ingrained in our body and our society to have that bonfire level of energy. And it's been a false sense because it's all been based upon um, refined carbohydrate intake. Problem is that refined carbohydrate intake doesn't necessarily translate to that big amount of energy because whenever you have that insulin around that's protecting your body from crashing and burning, <laughs> any of that refined carbohydrate intake gets stored as logs. And you can't utilize them all. So you got like, you know, the average human actually will have about six to eight months worth of energy stored that they never tap into. Golly. Right? So that's like you being bankrupt and you have like $5 billion sitting in a bank account that you can never touch. Man. And you're just staring at it and being like, well, that's Man. useless. <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like I have a whole bunch here, but I can't utilize it. So what we're trying to do here is we're trying to educate your body. I'm not going to make that fire burn too bright, and I'm not going to make that fire crash. So we want it, We want that level of sustainability, right? So that's why utilizing things like your HRV, utilizing uh, your blood sugar levels, that's going to give us all that information that tells us the fire's not burning too much and the fire's not crashing. Yeah. Right. We want to keep it within those levels. That's why I was telling you, okay, here's our, our, our baseline levels of where we want your fasting blood glucose to be. Here's our, here's our levels of where we want that glucose to be one hour after we eat the meal. Cause that one hour after we eat the meal shows us, did that fire turn into a big bonfire or not? And then two hours that shows us, yeah. Did the firemen come along and did they crash the fire or are they not even are they even on strike? Because that's even worse is when you got that bonfire burning and the freaking fire department doesn't respond. Oh, man. Because that's when things burn down. Yeah. So that's like 10 wow. stages of stuff where you eat something and it can be something small, but that right. sets everything off and your body can't control it. Yeah. So we want to, that's how we retrain your body. We want to make sure that your body is set within that that narrow range where that fire is not burning up and it's not burning out yeah so so you were saying like um well we know what the blood sugar levels for me you were saying 
in the morning, right? When you test it in the morning, when you wake up. Yeah. You said a, a good one was 85 to 90. For you. Yeah. That, well, that's our, yeah. that's our range of where I want you to be at. Okay. More toward, yeah. more towards the 85. More towards the 85. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, and in one hour after the meal, you said 25 points. About 25. Is that what you said? Yeah. You don't want it to rise above 25 points. Okay. 30 is pushing it. Yeah. Okay. And then after two hours, it should go back. It should go back, back to what it was at fasting level. What it was. Okay. Now our, our, our goals are going to be somewhere between 70, 72 to 85 fasting. Okay. And then right. post meal one hour, you don't want it to go above a hundred. Okay. And then two hours, you're going to go back down that those numbers are when that fire is maintaining that perpetual burn yeah where it's not exploding and it's not crashing it's just yeah. it's just there right okay that so this 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 has a lot like this has a lot to do with the anxieties huh like like yeah. with making the body just well yeah because you got to figure right because um your nervous system is reacting to energy levels that's i mean yeah at its basis that's all that it is Okay. Your, your body is concerned about conserving and creating uh, energy is, and this is, this is all like, like what I just talked to you about how, you know, you're going to tailor it to your own specific needs, but typically it's, you know, Monday through Friday, we're going to do intermittent fasting anywhere between a 16 hour to an 18 hour fast. Um, and then on Saturdays, you'll do like what's called a refeed day. You're going to refuel, deplete the glycogen stores of what you refed your body on, um, on that Saturday. And these, these aren't day dependent. They're just, you're going to do one day a week where you're going to do 24 fast. And the reason why we do all this stuff is exactly what I told you, right? We want to, we want to train the body to get into a state where it's burning that, you know, that fire is burning properly, but we also don't want the fire to burn out. And we won't, we don't want the fire to burn too big. Yeah. Okay. So that that's how that's how I designed it is to be in that state, and it's color coded. So it, it's a it's a red, it's a yellow and a green day. So a red a red day means that you're not eating, you're fasting okay. twenty four hour fast. Yeah. The yellow day is a partial fast, so you're eating very minimal amounts in a minimal eating window, and then the green day is when you eat. Mm. So it's very simple to remember. Okay. And as far as, as far as working out, like, it'll be on the calendar you, too. It'll be on there too. Okay. It'll tell you like yeah. on what days to do what. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Right on. And then like you said, um, just in case those days is saying like high intensity, but my HRV says different then do different, right? Yeah. Okay. You, and, and it's based upon not necessarily duration, but it's based yeah. upon just getting in certain things because what we're doing is we're retraining your body to utilize the different um different energy pathways in your body so there's there's four major major pathways in your body and it's, it's dependent upon your intensity of your workouts so a lot of people think that you got to work out to your freaking sweating from your head um or you can't breathe but yeah that has nothing to do with optimizing your energy pathways. Yeah. 
So a lot of these exercises, some of them, they may feel like you're dying and some of them may feel like you're not doing anything at all. Oh, wow. Because um, some days you're going to be doing sprinting activities and sprints doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have to be running sprints. So, I mean, you can be on a bike and do, doing a sprint, but what makes it effective is breaking it up into intervals. Wow. I, a lot of times we think, oh, I'm just going to go ride or run or walk for like three hours. It's like, no, you got to go in intervals. That's how our body is designed to work. So we stress it and then we recover. We stress, recover, stress, recover. It's that stress and recovery that, creates that flexibility in your metabolic pathways creating uh, this flexibility throughout your entire lifetime you know and that's the reason yeah, when i seen that longevity i was like yeah that that's that's the reason why people die prematurely is they they basically run out of energy mm. you know and you know you you look at all the different premature deaths that's basically what it is so we want to make sure that your body is efficient at having that fire burn throughout, you know, your entire lifetime, you know, and from a biological standpoint, I mean, we should be at about a hundred, between a hundred to 120 years. That should be our lifespan. I believe it. But every single man-made you know, route that we're taking decreases our lifespan by about 25% yeah. or even worse. So, ce so celery juice can't in increase my lifespan. Huh? Well, the, well, the, the benefit <laughs> of celery juice is that you, you're drinking, you're drinking structured water. Oh, wow. And, and, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. And, and it's hot and it's high oh. and it's high in sodium. Oh. And people are actually, believe it or not, deficient in sodium. Wow. Contrary to what a lot of people or a lot of docs have said, we're actually deficient in it. You know. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. So one, one, one last question. Yeah. You know, so like, um, I know there's no, like, you know, I'm just for the longevity. This kind of stuff to get your body to switch. My body. Yeah. Um, that 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 right there is gonna it's it's gonna be a task, right? It's gonna be like a process, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, but like for this, um, is, is it, is it gonna, is it gonna help me to the point where, you know, and I don't want this to sound the wrong, wrong way, but is, is it going to help me to the point where I don't have to like, like CBD? I, I, I'm, I'm all for the CBD. I'm all for the calm. I'm all for the L-theanine. You know what I mean? But is it, is it going to help me to the point where like, you know what I mean? Like I won't have to like almost lean on that stuff yeah. so much you know what i mean yep because with this you're training the the endocannabinoid system awesome. so your body actually should be making its own endocannabinoids mm. okay there's a really big one called anandamide and another one called pea those are your two major uh, cannabinoids but that's why a lot of people turn towards marijuana and they, they abuse marijuana is because they're so deficient in those. Yeah. You know, so CBD is, is the bridge, right? CBD oil, I should say. That's the bridge that helps you to do that. But what a lot of people don't do is get their body to where it's metabolically flexible enough 
so that it can make its own. So with the current state of the pandemic, we're seeing a lot of issues that that's been building up for, oh gosh, over the last, what I want to say, 30, 40 years. And all of these things have to do with metabolic flexibility. And, it, and, it's, and it's becoming a really rampant issue. And we all knew about this, right? We, we, we've talked about this for years upon years. And that's why you see a lot of a, a lot of things on the marketplace directed at weight loss uh, supplements, weight loss programs. There's been tons and tons of diets being posted out there because of the fact that we understand that we have become an overweight, obese society, if not world. And now we're seeing the ramifications of that. And, and I read a recent study that just came out and they said that the driving force behind all of the deaths for COVID has been because of obesity. And this is why, you know, this is why I, I'm, I'm revamping the program of what I call the four pillars to weight loss. And I call it the slim down program, the total slim down program. And it stands for you know, I use an acronym for SLIM of supporting longevity by improving metabolic flexibility. And, you know, there's a lot of truth to improving your body's body composition, you know, by decreasing weight, or I should say decreasing fat and improving your lifespan. Tons and tons of studies. You know, everybody already knows that in order to gain health they need to actually lose all the fat but the problem has become where we've done it the wrong way we've only focused on weight we haven't focused on metabolic flexibility we haven't focused on improving our metabolic profiles we haven't focused on the important things that keep our body functioning well we've only focused on what's being read on the scale that's the problem that we're facing today. And that's a big reason why I hear of a lot of people saying so-and-so got really, really sick or so-and-so died, but they were so healthy. And we've misconstrued the idea of what true health is with the idea of I don't have any symptoms, right? So that's, that's what I wanted to get across in, in this episode and and kind of expound uh, some of the information of what we're going to be doing you know in the upcoming program um or if you're listening to this at a later date of the program you know the total slim down and it'll encompass these aspects it'll encompass the things that i already taught in the four pillars to weight loss um it'll encompass all of the things that i've said before on the different podcasts but it'll be in a comprehensive program that'll help you to navigate this so that you're not just watching the scale drop. You're not just watching your measurements drop. You're not just watching yourself look better in the mirror, but more so you're improving how your cells are functioning and you're improving how well you age, right? And they say that 
you know, the leading causes towards all these degenerative diseases is the aging process and aging in and of itself is classified as a disease. Now we can't affect our chronological age, but we can affect our physiological our biological age. And a lot of people are aging way too fast in conjunction to or in comparison to their chronological age, meaning that I've seen some 40 year olds that have a physiology of a 90, 100 year old. That is the problem that we're facing today. So that's why I revamped and retooled the, the, the four pillars of weight loss to really focus on improving longevity and improving your physique and doing it in a way where you're really creating that metabolic flexibility. Okay. You guys can go to tripleplayperformance.com forward slash weight loss to get a little bit more information about what um, some of the things that, that we were doing in the past. Um, hopefully by the time this comes out, you, um, you'll be able to hear an updated like video or I'll, I'll just type out some, some things that'll give an overview of what we're gonna be doing in the total slim down program. But you'll be able to get a gist of that from the old old videos. So if that's on there, it isn't gonna take a look. Again, tripleplayperformance.com forward slash weight loss. You guys can register there for the um, webinar replay and get more of the information there. So again, if you have any more questions, always can find me on Instagram. Uh, at triple play doc i do a q a every single um every single wednesday i put up the box and i answer it on thursdays so if you guys have questions hit me up there you can also jump onto my website at tripleplayperformance.com um, sign up for my newsletter you can get uh my my free shopping list i also have an ebook on perfect digestion that you guys can get there as well tons and tons of ways to dive into and getting more information about how to keep your body healthy and that's my mission to help you to get you know your your best body so that you can elevate your consciousness so again this is dr mike from the triple play performance podcast saying be well and aloha if you've enjoyed this podcast leave us a five-star review connect with me on instagram at triple play doc stay tuned for more episodes tell your friends tell your family tell the entire world till the next episode be well and aloha